This is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottage core life. Today, we're going to begin our plant journey again. Well, not begin, but really resume. Because there's some plants that are out there that are going to be popping up in a couple of months. And I want you to be able to look for them and be able to recognize them when you see them. Especially since I know that here in Michigan, when it finally happens and we get spring, some plants look like other plants. And that's why it's important to know what you're looking at at the time. I grow strawberries. I have multiple variations of domesticated strawberries in my yard, as well as maybe one species of wild strawberry. But the thing is, just because something looks like a thing doesn't mean it is that thing. What I mean is, just because something looks like it's a strawberry leaf doesn't mean it's a strawberry. Doesn't even mean it's a, a false strawberry. Oh no. So. I want you to open up your big book of stuff and turn to the section on three leaf lookalikes because today we're going to talk about a happy little plant called golden thread. Let's get started. Now this particular plant is called golden thread or rather gold thread actually golden thread is just a, a name that people have started to pick up but it's actually traditionally called gold thread it's also known as canker root or mouth root and it's got a couple of names and I want to be clear that we're talking about the United States or North American variety we're not talking about the Asian variety Specifically, we're talking about Coptis Grenlandica. <laughs> it took me a second to get it out. Sometimes I have trouble with the words too, but the word has kind of changed too because here in the United States and in many places where we see common names and we look at Latin names to make ourselves clear, it doesn't mean the Latin name stays the same. So now that second part is now, you know, the, the family is still the same. It's still Coptus, but now it's Trifola. So you might want to look around for that because what you're going to see is that in some books, it's going to say the same old name and in other books, it's going to be the new name. So keep an eye out. Now this plant is going to pop up in the spring here and what I want you to know is that it's going to be where it's kind of swampy. Now here in Michigan we used to have huge stands of tamarack but we don't anymore. Not in, not in the urban areas. Not any longer. But there are places where it still is in good abundance. But it doesn't just have to be that. Look for mossy places. Places where it's really damp. Um, and what you're going to find, and usually around trails too, because you don't want to be super soggy like a pond. It's not going to be in a pond, but it will be in the damp places. Uh, what you're going to find is going to pop up and it's going to have this beautiful star-shaped flower. It's going to be white, okay? And it's really pretty. 
Oh, it's going to have those three leaves. Those three leaves are going to make you think of strawberries, but it's not strawberry. If you get a good look at the green on there, you'll be able to tell. Also, the next thing you can tell because it doesn't have the same topical uh, markings as strawberry. It doesn't have that same exact sawtooth shape on the leaves. It's just very similar. And you'll be able to identify it once you pull it up out of the ground. One of the ways that you will find this particular plant identifies itself, gold thread will tell on itself because it's only going to make you think it's a strawberry for a little bit of time. Then it's going to unfold or uncurl itself and then you'll be able to tell that it is definitely not a strawberry. You'll be able to tell it is actually a different plant altogether and then that long flower will come up. So you don't have to worry about not knowing what it is for a long period of time. If you give it time to mature, you'll find out what it is. But it's, it's just interesting how close it is to the other plant. Once you pull it up, you will definitely see that these are not strawberry roots. It's pretty hard not to see the difference between the traditional strawberry root and this matted, uh, it's, it's really like little fine threads of um, yellow roots. They're going to be very bright and they're going to be not like, they're not spindly at all. It's not like a taproot. You'll like it. Um, okay, well, I'm not sure you're going to like it. It's just that you'll, it'll be easy to see. It'll be easy to identify compared. And it, again, as always, consult your field guide. If you have someone who has you know a background in herbalism or a plant lore definitely take them along with you and don't put anything in your mouth please don't just put things in your mouth we've talked about this uh, find someone who knows what they're looking for and what they're looking at in relation to their experience and wisdom and teachings before you start using anything in a decoction or, or anything else remember I'm not a certified herbalist I'm not a certified naturopath, I'm not a doctor. So I'm always going to caution you, find a professional who knows what they're doing before you put anything into a medicine or anything else because I don't give medical advice. But I will tell you how to find this stuff and what it's for. Um, and another thing about this particular plant that's really cool is that um, it's not just medicine, but it's also food. It's, it's what we call a bitter, it's a bitter food. Uh, it's kind of like something you would use in an aperitif it makes you want to eat so you use it in a tonic and why would you want something to make you want to eat well sometimes you just lose all appetite and um, back in the days we didn't know all the things that made that happen but now we do now for my asthmatic friends this might be of special interest to you because I'm an asthmatic too. And there's something that asthmatics get that babies get as well. And that is called thrush. We get thrush. We get the infection in our mouth and it's pretty gross. It's really not a good time. But you can definitely uh, use this plant if you've been taught how to prepare it. Don't just put things in your mouth. And what they do is they use it as a mouthwash. 
Um, and what winds up happening, it helps to cure the, th the thrush and mouth sores. But again, I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm giving you traditional uses of it. So if you have some sores going on or something like that, this is probably something they would have used. Um, it's usually like a, about a pint or so of boiling water and a couple of teaspoons of the finely chopped root. And you boil it for about 20 minutes and you strain. Now you're not boiling it, it's that you're adding it to boiling water. So you bring the water to a boil, sit it on the counter, put the root in there and let it just set. And then um, what you do is you just uh, basically strain it and then you use it. But again, you're not drinking it and you're not making this unless you're, natu you're a naturopath and you have properly identified this plant. Cannot stress that enough. One of the most things, important things to remember is that if you're collecting this root for medical remedies or for just personal use, you don't collect it until the autumn and then you dry it for later. So keep an eye on where you found it. Make a little mental map, make a, a regular map, geocache it or something. That way you can come back to the patch and be able to dig it up. And remember, never take more than 25% of any patch of anything. It's very important that we are good stewards if the plant doesn't look healthy or if it looks like it's a very small colony, leave it alone. It spreads by rhizome. So, you know, you don't want to hurt it. Well, I think it spreads by rhizome. I'm pretty sure. So you don't want to hurt it. You want to give it some time. Now, interestingly enough, this plant is actually in the crowfoot family. So, you know, do with that what you will. I mean, it's, it's kind of related to butter. It's in the buttercup group, too. So you've got a lot of, um, a lot of interesting things there to kind of look into when you start studying the taxonomy of this. So, you know, have fun. Something else that's really interesting is that this plant was also used for parasitic infections, uh, not just for skin infections, you know, but also for a certain kind of venereal disease uh, that, that women get. So there's something else to keep in mind. I am not, again, a doctor, but I do recommend that if you do know where this plant is and you do have a certified herbalist or naturopath, that you do mark it and you keep it in your map, in your book of stuff, so that they can be told where it is. And as always, whenever you're looking at something like this, you want to take into account where it's growing, what the conditions are, uh, how close it is to any kind of toxic area or the road or anything else. And you can see these leaves in the wintertime too. They don't leave. Those leaves don't leave, you know, no pun intended, wonk, wonk, um, until the new leaves come when the new flowers come. So these are one of those plants that when the snow moves out of the way uh, during Ostara or Easter or during the spring equinox, um, this is when you begin to to notice these things if there's still snow on the ground. Yay, Michigan. Now, I want to get into some folklore because I like folklore. I like reading books. I like hearing stories. I like oral histories. I like all kinds of stories. And the thing is, there's a special property or a lore around gold thread. And that is it was part of something called the golden cure or the gold cure. And what they did, they used to use this 
uh, in a mix and they used it to help people who had suffered from alcoholism understand I am not prescribing anything. I don't know if it was effective or not. I just know that they used it uh, back in olden times to help with people who had a problem with drinking as a remedy to help them in their journey to try to wean themselves from alcoholic drinks. I don't know if it was effective. I don't know if it was true. Well, actually, I really do believe it was true because of the countless times I've run into literature regarding this, that it happened as to whether or not it was effective. I really can't tell you. But it's interesting to know the things that, you know, people would use back in the day uh, to try to fix problems with what they had and what they found in the forest. Now, when I was researching this plant, I wanted to share some stuff that I found incredibly interesting. And I'm going to cite my source. And pronouncing it is a little difficult for me. So I'm going to give it a shot. And I do hope I don't hurt anyone's feelings or offend. Die Blasen Helkutst. I probably horribly ruined that. But it will be in the episode description. That is the name of the blog. And, um... For that particular blog, it's really about to be a really interesting story. And that story from uh, the folk medicine um, of the Germans here in America, um, it's saying that this plant has, and I quote, an advisory spirit that might want to work with you. Uh, when you're working with this plant. And that goes back to talking about uh, alcoholism and treating it with this plant. So you might want to look into that. I'm going to include the link to that article in the description. I hope that you've enjoyed this particular uh, return to our, our plant education, our, our education about the green people here in Michigan and in the United States. I hope that you have seen this plant. I think you have. I'm almost certain you have. If you look it up, it's more than likely not 10 miles from you. If you're in Michigan, not at all. And I hope you take the time to get to know it because plants are wonderful and vibrant and they are a reflection of the divine and in my opinion and how everything we need if we take the time to educate ourselves is here but we have to leave it to the people who are experts to know how to help ourselves with the tools that have been provided and that's traditional and um, formal educated wisdom that is passed down through training so never just you know, run off and do things that could hurt you. Don't just stick things in your mouth. I can't stress that enough. Um, I love sharing things I find with my friends and we're friends, right? I hope that you take the time to find this plant. I'm almost certain that you will find it on a good walk in a natural park somewhere. And 
it's a, one of those little things that just going to make you smile. And if you're not using the plant, uh, maybe consider don't dig up the entire thing because we don't want ki to kill things or displace things just to do it. And this plant is very sensitive, so you could actually kill it if you dig it up. So, you know, remember that. Keep that in mind. Uh, it's not a plant to transplant uh, easily. So leave it to the experts if it has to be done. And I look forward to seeing you here again on my Magical Cottage Core Life. Uh, and grace I serve. Thank you.